0: Hello, uh, and here we are in really strange times at the minute. Um, For those of you probably listening to this many, uh, many months or years into the future, (laughs) as these things do tend to live on the internet for a long time. um, This has been recorded in the middle of the uh, COVID-19 crisis in the UK. Um, So yeah, so I've been working from home now for the past sort of two weeks or so um and uh not really had much time to put podcasts together but but things are calming down a little bit now so uh, so yeah so here we are um w- with today's podcast now um i had lots and lots of podcasts planned <laughs> this year as regards different events we were going to do but i think it's safe to say now i, I know uh, people out there that are still being optimistic about what events are, are actually going to occur, but. I can't really see that there's going to be many events taking place in 2020 um, from March onwards. Anyway, um, obviously the, the Black Sheep events they've now been postponed. Uh, there was a couple of events I was organising myself for, for different workplaces and things, and, and they've been I had to postpone those as well. So yeah, so, so we are in um, we are in uncharted territory, and um, yeah, it's really strange. Um, I'm sort of like I said. I, I've been working from home now, and I spent after coming out of the forces. I spent many years as, as an HGV driver and and sort of, sort of working in logistics. And um, looking at people like me now, so to say now I'm, I've, I've somehow I don't know stumbled into sort of senior management in, in transport and logistics. And in this sort of crisis, I'd be thinking those guys are now sat at home in the in the silk sheets doing absolutely nothing, but for the past two weeks and you know i have really enjoyed it because i do enjoy a good crisis but it's been a case of planning forecasting financials hr issues and you know sort of starting work at probably seven o'clock in the morning and finishing it at 10 o'clock at night um and uh probably making myself really unpopular with some of the decisions i'm making and and it's really interesting now to, to look back to um where I was probably sort of 15 years ago working in logistics and, and the view on, on what would be going on at the sort of higher levels and, and what actually is going on. So uh, I would say to to you guys out there now that uh, be really patient with your employers and really patient with your, with your senior management guys because there's a lot of work going on out there now. I think it's safe to say that, apart from the supermarkets maybe, nobody, no company is going to make any sort of profits this year. And I know um, when you're trying to keep the, the wheels of industry turning, um, probably the, you know, the employees who are there at the front line taking the risks every day um, are probably looking at the company thinking, why on earth are they, uh, why, why on earth haven't I been sent home? Why are they keeping this going? And you know, a lot of the companies out there at the moment, all they're doing is just trying to um, ensure that, that when all this is over, that there's still a company there for you and there's still a job because you know, in in 12 months' time, <clears throat> this will all be over and done with. So. Um, I'm having to be really patient with, with the guys who work for me. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Um, um, it's not COVID-19, don't worry. Uh, I'm having to be really patient with with the guys who work for me because I understand that they've got families and they're really anxious. But, you know, be patient with your managers because they're under a great deal of stress. Also in the in the in the work they're doing as well. So um, yeah, so um, we've had Boris Johnson on the telly. He's allowed us all to have um, um, one um, bout of exercise a day, um, and uh, I'm making the most of that. I know a lot of the gone tapping guys out there are also making the most of that as well. Um, again, be sensible about it. Um, one thing I've stopped doing is stop doing the um, the, the sort of long runs or the or, or the things that are maybe going to compromise my immune system at some point. Um, and I think that's something you really, really need to think about as well. Um, let's keep ourselves fit and let's keep ourselves healthy. Let's not go out there and push ourselves too much because you and I both know that when you're going out there and you're doing these hard endurance events, whether it's a test week march, whether it's a marathon, whether it's an ultra marathon, whatever you're doing for the weeks after that, your immune system is somewhat compromised. And if you're going to get a cold or you're or you're going to or you're going to feel ill in any way, that is going to be the time. So be sensible out there, guys. Get yourselves out, 5, 10k a day, if that's your bag, um, and keep yourselves fit. Once this crisis is over, there's going to be plenty of time to build that fitness back up. And I know there's some guys um in the Gontabbin community at the moment that that are really suffering with this, and they're really fit guys, and they've uh, you know they've been sort of brought down uh, as of the families by this illness. So ensure that you really are looking after yourselves out there. So anyway, um, moving on from that, today's podcast is with a guy called Rory Fairbairns. Now, Rory Fairbairns is one of the founder members of a uh, organization, a movement really, called One Year No Beer, um, which is just as it sounds really. Um, he was an oil broker in the city um andy ramage who runs it with him ex-professional footballer and also worked in the commercial um city as well um and you know a lot of their lives were were built around uh, drinking alcohol and getting clients to to, you know to buy from them or to invest in in various different companies um and they both um realized that that maybe alcohol wasn't the best for them and that they were probably overindulgent um they're not preachy um they've got an Excellent websites out there called One Year No Beer, um, and they run different challenges on there. And um, us guys are, are very familiar with challenges, so they've got a 28 day, a 90 day, and a 365 day challenge out there to uh, to get you off the beer. And the support that they give you through the emails and through the daily videos um, that that they that they have, and even their podcast as well. I would highly recommend the uh, the One Year No Beer podcast. Um, Is absolutely fantastic. So um, I had a quick chat with um, Rory. Uh, It was probably about 30 minutes. Um, The guy is so enthusiastic about the cause, you would not believe it. So I'm going to leave this here um, and we'll go straight over to my chat with Rory Fairbairns.
1: Are we rolling you were rolling now oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool um are you recording your side I, I am I've, yes uh... yeah, yeah oh you're very clever look at you even um, though it's on my zoom link
0: yeah i'm all over that <laughs> <laughs>
1: um yes indeed um so um well one year no beer was really born out of my own personal experience um i was never a problem drinker i wasn't going home and drinking but i'd um started a uh a, 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 oh, i you know oil broker in london mm. and really um that's where you know two worlds collided partying and being successful yeah. um so the expectation from the job was that you're doing a lot of entertaining um and uh, a lot of out with clients and stuff and then of course it was london so there was partying with friends at the weekend but i was never the person who was carrying on and i didn't feel like i had a problem mm. i just i just i just thought alcohol might be causing me a problem yep um and um it was, only, it, was, it was only when I got introduced to this thing called Headspace, yep. uh, which in 2013, I don't think anybody knew about it. Mm. Um, it was just sort of coming out. Um, in those days, Andy Puddycomb was in all the videos. Yeah. So it was very early for them. And I um, uh, started meditating on the train. Mm. And I thought, hmm, you know what? I think alcohol is causing me more trouble than I realize. Mm. So um, I took a break from booze. Uh, So I approached my boss and I said, I'm thinking about taking a break from booze. Mm. And he said, you're committing commercial suicide (laughs) if you don't drink, Mm. Um, which is huge peer pressure. Mm. Uh, It took me six months to pluck up the courage, and then I did, and I was just blown away. I mean, I got fitter, faster, healthier, happier, better dad, Mm. better husband. Everything improved. Got together with Andy, my co-founder, and he'd just done six months alcohol-free. And he said, look, there's something amazing here. People are not realizing the advantages and the benefits of taking a break from booze how do we get people to realize it? Mm. And I think the big thing was, for us especially, and I'm sure you'll resonate with this, when it comes to not drinking, we're so brainwashed about the whole thing that um, the, the thought of not drinking is like god you're like why would you ever do that right you're boring Mm. you're you're a social hermit like you'd only ever do that if you you were had a serious illness or a problem which is why when you say you're not drinking people go to you oh i didn't realize you had a problem (laughs) Yeah, yeah right right so um so anyway um we were like it doesn't matter how many times you stand up in front of somebody and say well, it's it's ethanol, this is killing you, mm. because nobody cares, everything is, my shoes are giving me cancer. It doesn't matter how many times you say, your life will be better, it'll be so much better. They look at their life and they go, well, it, it, it is the source of my success. Yep. It is the source of my fun and happiness. It's how I get laid. Mm. It's, how I, it's how I met my girlfriend. You know, So it's so in the constructs that the, the vision of what we think of taking a break from booze is 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 so negative that mm. so we say, well, how do we get people to realise it? I know we'll dress it up as a challenge, yeah. and we'll just say, are you tough enough? Mm. Are you are you are you man enough to take this challenge? <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, we all we all love challenges, and that's kind of where the idea of one year no beer came from, all the way back in two thousand and sixteen.
0: Yeah, I think one of the—if uh, if you look at the sort of the, the traditional routes people have maybe gone down to—to to take a break from booze. Say, if you look at AA and the, the twelve-step program, um, your approach is really rather different, isn't it? Because it's not this—you're an alcoholic and you need to stop, and this is an illness you have know, for the rest of your life. The, the, there's more sort of facets and more more more, more gradient to it, isn't there? isn't
1: it? Hundred percent. Well, I think um, first of all, I have to start with my really important, absolute respect to our big brother, A.A., which has been successful for many people all over the world for a long time. Mm. However, now that we've parked that positive bit, it doesn't work, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? It doesn't work for the majority of people. It's been proven that actually it's, it, it is not a disease. Mm. Any one time somebody says the word alcoholic to me, I say I don't believe in the term. Yeah. I, the, the actual term alcoholic was created by A.A., For the disease model, Hmm. there is no disease, it is not a disease. It's marketing, social conditioning, peer pressure, neural pathways, habit learned over lots and lots and lots of years that you then get you know forced into a habit that you can unlearn because we've helped now 80,000 people in 90 countries change their relationship with alcohol.
0: So, is it all about so is it about completely? ditching the booze and never drinking again or is it not moderation or or, or, or do, do you have another word for it
1: <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. what well, we do we call it total control because yeah. um, um and and the places so at the moment we are an abstinence challenge because mm. we know that the fastest way to get control is an extended period of abstinence yeah. okay so um for some people they try and reduce and try and bring down their their alcohol intake but if you don't change some other factors that's unlikely to be successful. Mm. And so they get caught in this cycle, beating themselves up. Oh, I'm rubbish at this. I can't take it. I'm absolutely useless. The whole rinse and repeat. No thanks. Mm. Let's take a clean break. What we're going to do on that time is that I think what you've got to realize and what our model is so different is that obviously we've identified that there's a reason why people drink. Mm. There's a reason why. For the majority of it, it's numbing numbing out my thoughts, feelings, frustration, stresses, tiredness, anxiety, Mm. uh, social anxiety. It's all that I'm numbing out. That's the real reason why we drink. Mm. But when you stop using a drug to shortcut how you want to improve your mental state Mm. and you learn the tools, techniques, and tips so that you don't feel those things, well, actually, then the the transformation is exponential. Here's why. If I was using alcohol to de-stress after work, right? first of all, it's the worst thing you could possibly use to de-stress. Do you know why? Because alcohol is a depressant and it increases anxiety. So the following few days, guess what? You're gonna need a drink again, just to feel normal. That's just like any other drug. Once you start taking it, you need to take it again and again and again and again to feel comfortable. So when we start to break that curve, not only are we not drinking, which that's fine, but what we've done is say, hang on, how do I f- start to relax at the end of the day? What do I need to do for myself? Mm. Well, is its is it I've got to blow off some steam, so I'm going to get on my spin bike? And, you know, by the way, the thousand pounds a month that I'm saving by not drinking now, it's easy for me to go out and buy one of these shiny spin bikes. Um, and, uh, mm. Or, or um, is, it, is it that which releases dopamine and makes you feel happier? And then meditation. Is it meditation? Is it yoga? What are the things that you need to introduce into your life So that you can start changing the way you operate in order to to feel happy in your life. And I think the other big part is when you you remove booze, it's absolutely the gateway to your health. Mm -hmm. And we see this with so many people. So the first thing is almost everyone who's drinking is completely blindsided by alcohol. They have no idea the impact that alcohol is having on your life. And I know that because almost every single person who's come into One Year No Beer goes, holy shit, I had no realization the impact alcohol was having mm. on my life after I removed it for 90 days. Mm. So that's why – so yeah. so we know, right? Because they were like, oh, my God, for me, like a decade of IBS disappeared. Mm. Psoriasis disappeared. I mean, you've listened to the podcast with Ollie, and we were saying the first intervention for PTSD, the first intervention for PTSD should be at least 90 days off the booze, yeah. right? So, So – you have no idea what impact it's having. You don't realize until you, you remove it. Then you have this sudden awakening. You're like, oh, my God, I feel this clarity. I feel this energy. Right. Those are the tools that you start using to transform other areas of your life. Hmm. Because now you're like, now I'm going to go to the gym. Hmm. And now I go to the gym and I'm not going to bin it off because I was drinking last night. Now I want to eat right. Now I want to focus on my diet. Hang on, this niggling issue, I'm going to sort out that. And so you see this time and time again that people start improving other areas of their life.
0: So what do you think will be the first step for somebody out there now who's thinking, you know, I'm going to take a break? What What is the first thing that they need to do?
1: Um, OK, well... Um the first thing you need to do when you are thinking about taking a break is, um, I guess, just be aware of withdrawal symptoms, just that little, <laughs> that, depending on how much you're drinking, mm. one should be aware of withdrawal symptoms, they can be very serious, park that on the side, I want to take a break from booze, and um, I think that the reality is to set yourself a challenge or a goal, that's why we set up One Year No Beer, which is mm. a 28, 19 or 365 day challenge, set yourself a goal of doing it. Um, The first thing to do is accept that there are two very different things. Not drinking Mm. and changing your relationship with alcohol. Not drinking looks like this. I'm going to do a month off the booze. I'm going to cancel my social circle, ignore all invitations to go out publicly, be a social hermit, be bored at my absolute brain, go on social media and talk about how absolutely terrible and miserable (laughs) my life is without booze, count down the milliseconds to the first of the month so that I can go and get absolutely shit-faced again. Mm well done. All you did is reaffirm the limiting belief that alcohol is pertinent to your life. Alcohol is important. Alcohol makes you feel these good things. It's all bollocks. Mm. It's all marketing. So if you're going to take a break, change your relationship with it, and that's where we are absolutely the experts to help people. The second piece is Whenever you want to change a behavior with something which is so prevalent and expected in society, there's something fundamental going on, instinctual in your subconscious. And that is a sense of belonging. Mm -hmm. We all need it. We need to feel like we're safe and belong. Now, our friends, they all drink like fish, right? The people we hang out with, they drink like fish. So our belonging is with them. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're going to step outside of that clan... (laughs) (laughs) and go and try and do a different behavior, what are they going to say? They're going to be like, come on, what's wrong with you? You're so boring. Come back. If you're going to change that behavior and make it stick, you must have a tribe to belong to Mm -hmm. that helps you through it. Now, so much of this is subconscious. You don't realize. You you get this as just a byproduct of of joining a challenge like One Year No Beer because you have a community of over 80,000 people in 90 countries who are there in an instant to answer a support or, hey, I'm struggling with this or somebody just said this. Hey, can I have? And you've got 100 comments of support. Plus... Just knowing that's there. We've got so many people who never actually post in the community, but they say Mm. they felt such belonging just by reading other people's posts. Just having that phone in your pocket when you're at the wedding and somebody's like, come on, just have a drink, one shot. It won't hurt you. You are your subconscious feels the belonging in your pocket. That sounds really weird. <laughs> <laughs> I said your subconscious, yeah. not the lady in the table next. To me. No, no, anyway. Um, so the, the, that that sense of belonging, you feel that in your subconscious, and it it gives you the strength to say no, no, thanks, I don't want that drink. So I think those would be my top tips. The other ones I'd say is that um unlike traditional models we 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 seriously advocate alcohol-free drinks Mm. the reason why is that almost all of our drinking is psychological so what we want to do is not physical we're not physically addicted to the alcohol we're Mm. physically addicted to the effects of alcohol the dopamine release and the effects on the body yes but we're not addicted to alcohol do you know why i know that's the truth Because if you Google what is alcohol, it'll say it's a colorless, flammable, volatile liquid also used as a fuel source known as ethanol. Mm. How many people right now are running around to hardware stores to down a bottle of ethanol? None. Okay? (laughs) There are none. Nobody is doing it. So the actual substance of ethanol is not addictive. Mm. The effects of it are addictive. But more importantly, I don't know how I got onto that, I went onto my little rant. Um Alcohol free beers. That's it. Thank you. <laughs> I was listening. <laughs> you, you you keep me you keep me lying. That's the ADHD. I go off like 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 anyway, so um, as you can tell I'm pretty passionate about this stuff. Yeah. So um, the alcohol free beers is about tricking the brain because think about it, right? You're at the end of the day, you're feeling the stress, that's the trigger. What am I releasing for? I want to release from the stress. Okay, I'm going to go to the fridge, open fridge. I'm going to look down. There's a beer. Mm. I'm going to stick it out. Okay, it's an alcohol-free beer, but my brain doesn't know the difference. I open that bottle. The smell, the sounds, the taste, the drink, the whole experience is the same, mm. except it doesn't have ethanol, which is a poison, in it. Yeah. And so much of that gives you the same release. Actually, I do feel us de-stressed. You know, when you're out socially even the people who are looking at you subconsciously they see an alcohol free beer in your hand and they feel less triggered by mm. you not drinking yeah, yeah. you see that they're like you know so um, I'd highly advocate using the alcohol free drinks actually stanford university did some research they got a whole you know hundreds of, of students plugged their brains into uh, brain imaging software gave half of them alcohol free beers and half of them alcohol beers and of the ones who were drinking alcohol free beers without knowing it up to like 80% of them were showing signs of being intoxicated in their brains. So if we really believe it, we think we can have the effects. Yeah. And so I think use, that, use all that to your advantage in the early days. It's really helpful.
0: I think particularly as well with the alcohol-free beers, they're really good now, aren't they? And there's so many, um, there's so many different varieties out there.
1: Lucky Saint is my new favourite. So uh, Heineken right Zero That's is nice, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Because yeah, yeah. yeah. you know, I think when I was younger, it was it was Caliban. Oh, Yeah, <laughs> it was and Beck's Blue.
1: Yeah. I'm just the Bex, It was when you went. It's when you went. I mean, when I started this journey, you went into a pub and you said, "Can I have an alcohol-free beer?" And they all looked at each other really weird. And I'm like, "What?" And you know, you could hear the creaking of the door. Yeah, the whole yeah. pub. The whole pub went silent. Like, who's this guy? <laughs> right? And then and then they go back and they would blow off the dust. Yeah, Yeah the warm warm Bex blue but thankfully things have come on it's much much easier to be alcohol free now so listen listeners you've got no excuse because it's <laughs> way easier than when i did it
0: <laughs> oh, totally and um, it, it, it goes uh, your alcohol free challenge goes hand in hand with physical challenges isn't it because um, totally. i've noticed that We've there's, so there's, a, there's a lot of focus it. on
1: spartan and, and yep. things like that yeah yep so day two of the challenge is set yourself a physical challenge mm. um, there's, a, there's a couple of reasons for that first of all in the detoxification process um, I don't know if you know but the liver is part of the lymphatic system mm. the lymphatic system does not have a pump so therefore you need to exercise first thing or early in the morning for you to start really detoxing your system yeah. plus sleep is something really interesting like lots of people use alcohol to sleep mm. they sleep better with ah oh, knock me out it doesn't mm. yes it knocks you down quicker but it's stops you getting into the deep restorative sleep where you start to feel and, and heal your body. And this is one of the reasons why there's such a huge impact on removing alcohol, because actually you start sleeping properly again. Mm. Um, so, you know, um, in, in the early days, sleep can get knocked out. And the sleep actually starts first thing in the morning. And it starts by exercising first thing in the morning. So that's why, as part of this challenge, and also we designed everything around peer pressure. Yeah. Um, well, that's what really we experienced, you know, is this unbelievable peer pressure to drink alcohol. So even the name like oh, I'm doing one year no beer was designed to like be this punch in the face to somebody to say, leave me alone yeah. um, because this is what I'm doing. Mm. And I think, we, you know, because the, of the tribalism, people almost need to know why they're like, oh, I didn't realize you had a problem or what. Well, so we, we were like, what to do is design your sentence. Mm. I am doing a 90-day alcohol-free challenge with the amazing guys at One Year No Beer. Haven't you heard them? It's been all over the news. Mm. And whilst I'm doing it, I'm training for a Spartan. I'm trying to get myself as fit as I possibly can. What's your fucking argument, mate? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right? And that's better than, than the whole sheepish way of going, um... I'm kind of not drinking at the moment and all that does is bring out the wolves Yeah, right totally. oh, come on don't be yeah, yeah, stupid yeah. strong armed <laughs> next minute you're at the bar with two pints of Stella and a shot in your hand yeah that's what we will need to get out of
0: yeah I think it's all about planning as well isn't it because if you just go out and you're going out on the beer then you you just turn up again unconsciously and you just do what what you you know what you'd normally do but would you advocate sort of p- obviously planning that sentence but also 100%. sort of planning what you're going to what, what where you're going to your go your actions
1: what what you're going to do when you can walk into the bar That's exactly it. And, you know, we actually talk about doing visualizations. I know it sounds crazy, but, you know, a sportsman does visualizations. This is a major thing you're trying to do, right? Your whole brain, your whole identity. I mean, for me, I was an oil broker. I'd pretty much carved myself out a brand as being the guy who knew his whiskeys, right? So I would take customers out, didn't matter, lunch, dinner, whatever it was. And I'd be like, do you want a whiskey? Come on, I'll tell you all about it. I'm like, Mm. oh, these casks come from here and they've, you know, oak fired and blah, 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 blah. Yeah so I had this really uh, you know strong identity ex rugby player again mm. you know all, uh, in my identity I know that certainly military is like that you know it, yeah. it can be so much in the identity because we we learn to chug and the, the more you drink is the more of a man you are and all those kind of things right yeah. so We've got to kind of, you're going to have to bring me back. What was the question again? <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, preparation. <laughs> so that's absolutely key. And visualization is absolutely key because at the moment, your only visualization <clears throat> is to go to the bar. And when you f- smell the, the, the salty nuts and you smell the crisps and the, and the booze <clears throat> and the chat and all those triggers, <clears throat> you're, you're naturally going to follow the same routine. And that's, that's the amazing thing about the brain think about it like the car right learning to drive a car absolute nightmare in the beginning mm. now it's just totally subconscious yeah. well drinking for you is completely and utterly subconscious mm. it's just like automatic every time bang it on if you're going to change that you've really got to try and bring as much of it to the conscious you're got to think about it again when i go to that bar when i see that barman i'm going to walk up there and i know exactly what i'm going to drink now if i'm in a high pressure environment we used to do stealth drinking mm. okay so People, some, a lot of people are like, "What? That's just ridiculous." You have to stealth drink. Well, yeah. If I've got a customer who's flown over from somewhere and he's expecting me to go on the smash with him, and if I don't go on the smash with him, he's just going to go and do business with somebody mm. else. Yes, that is what would have happened. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, then I need to to fake the drinking if I'm not going to drink. Mm. So I'd always go in there and I'd order an alcohol-free beer topped up, you know, with a with a lemonade or a couple of alcohol-free beers and a pint glass, um, and and be able to drink pints and things like that. Or you can, you know. Tip the barman before you go there and say, mm. look, whatever they order, I want an alcohol-free version, but I need it under the radar. Don't let anyone know. Be my guy tonight, please. Thank you very much. So there's things like that you can do.
0: Oh, totally. And I think, I think that resonates particularly with our community because um, every, all the events that we do, uh, what we're always talking about is our admin and getting prior, get, getting all the planning, Make sure you've got the right kit. Uh, even for myself, talking about visualization here, it was about two weeks ago I did the, the, the Brecon to Cardiff Ultra Marathon. And wow. it was during Storm Kira as well, wow. so over the Brecon Beacons. And when, when we to, have... <laughs> and when we got to the halfway point, the, the, there's, I think there was about 50 people just sacked it off at the halfway point, but... Before I'd started, I'd visualised the finish, and I'd, I'd, I'd got my medal already in my mind
1: well b- b- before well I'd done. finished
0: and and, uh, and carried on. I think everybody you sort of spoke to who finished that race, they'd already finished it in the mind. It wasn't, yeah. Yeah, I think I was listening to another podcast the other day, and there was um, there was a big rough, tough, um, ex parachute regiment guy on there, and it was really refreshing because he was talking about the visualization. He was talking about meditation. Um, you know, and I, I think he, he was saying how important meditation is, and the fact that his words were it was hijacked by the hippies and like it just wasn't it was made uncool, but do you st- i mean the headspace app is, is is something that I use every day it, would you yeah. advocate to people sort meditation of? meditation is is absolutely yeah. key yes yeah, so yeah. the
1: first step is awareness. meditation builds a gap between stimulus and response. Mm. So if my stimulus is to stub my toe, my response is to scream out and shout in anger mm. and be angry for another half hour, then I've got no gap between stimulus and response. Mm. If, I, if I meditate, I mean, the thing about it is, is that caffeine and alcohol shorten the gap between stimulus and response. Yeah. So that's why, you know, after too many coffees, somebody cuts you up on the road, you want to kill them, mm. right? So it's, <laughs> okay, so meditation builds that gap up again. It makes you see oh, I've got a stimulus. How would I like to respond in my wisdom? Yep. And then you can choose your response as opposed to just responding super, super immediately. So, you know, all of Wani and Obia came from meditation. Mm. And in 2017... Um, I sent a tweet to a journalist and off the back of it, we got a 10-minute feature on BBC World News in over 200 countries. And a friend of mine called me up in Italy and he said, Ruri, I've just seen what you're doing. I think it's amazing. I'm meeting the Dalai Lama next week. Would you like to meet him? Mm. So of course I checked my diary. No. Um, So a week (laughs) later, I got to meet the Dalai Lama and that is when my life was transformed. And all of it had come from uh, starting with Headspace and meditating. Um, I think that You know, I was talking about this on a podcast just um, last earlier this week. The truth is inside you. Hmm. Everything you need is inside of you. But often we're up here in our heads, and we're up here, and, and what we really need to do is just slow down and start meditating and yeah. your truth comes out <laughs> yeah, totally.
0: I think we live so much of our lives unconsciously don't we i had um I had chris barris brown the other week on the on the podcast as well from up in your elvis and uh, you know, we were chatting about that yeah he's awesome yeah yeah he's a great great bloke as well um so we talked about sleep before um now i've I, I forgotten the name of the guy who wrote the book i think you may have had him on your podcast but i'm just going through that book at the minute and it's it's changing the way I'm thinking about sleeping from going from that sort of monophasic sleeping into polyphasic sleeping and getting the a, a, enough cycles um, during the week as well and it, it works really well for me especially the afternoon naps are amazing I love it yeah <laughs> <laughs> yep. uh, but yeah so it, it is all about doing things and you sort of hand out those tips don't you as part of the the one year no b program as you're working exactly. through the program you you go through all those
1: types of tra- strategies that's exactly it. Um, yeah. So you know, all, all, all everything is designed to help you um, really heal from the reasons why you've been drinking, mm. and 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 how, you know, it's mind, exercise, nutrition. Do is is uh, is our um, mm. system. Um, so meditation, positive psychology, gratitude, journaling is the mind stuff. Exercise not just focusing on a good exercise routine but getting stuff done early in the morning thinking about how you do exercise um all the sort of stuff like it's not just a thing of you, that you go to the gym that if you're struggling with sometimes um you struggle to get back to the gym no it's taking the lift instead of the sorry taking the stairs instead of the lift or mm. getting off the bus a stop early it's integrating more exercise and, and things in the, as a way of being into your life um, nutrition of course absolutely is key to, to uh, detoxification and eating right um, and then do is all about the challenge aspect mm. which is I'm setting myself a challenge while I do it I think a lot of people are drinking for boredom as well yeah. um, and so what happens is is you, you empty out that space, and you've got this vacuum in your life, and you can go, fuck, I'm bored. Mm. I'm so bored. Or you can say, this is a gift. What am I going to do with this time now? Mm. And this is what's really exciting for people. So I, I usually send people down to uh, WH Smith, and I say, go and hang around, not on the top shelf, but go and <laughs> hang around the magazine area yep. and, and, and just look for – five magazines take them home with you read them the one that you absolutely love with the 1000 pounds you're saving a month on booze now hmm. or 400 450 quid I think is the, the low end of the yeah, scale yeah. go and go and buy yourself some new hobby stuff yeah, yeah right whatever it is um I know this sounds sad but I bought myself some Lego again the other day and I'm <laughs> loving building Lego it's so much it, it was it was a lot of fun but um, yeah so for me I realized other things like I realized how my environment was causing me to want to drink mm. and my environment was commuting on the tube into yeah. a windowless office in London mm. now I know I've got to be by the sea so um you know I live 10 minutes from 10 beaches got a boat try and get on the boat at least once yeah, yeah. a week you know that's that's what makes me um feel less uh, addictive is not the right word but yeah in, yeah in that sort of vibration where I'm feeling the the pain
0: so I so know the usual pattern is say somebody some of these signs up for say the 90 day challenge so they do sort of 70 days of your challenge and then suddenly something happens they go out and they down a load of beers yep. and the pattern then usually is they think sod it that's it I'm going to have 10 more so what what is the strategy to sort of deal when you when you have those blips or when you go back to drinking halfway through the challenge is it like oh that's it I've, I've screwed up I'm, I'm rubbish or is there a strategy to sort of deal with that
1: so the first thing is is that let everyone be who they want to be right so Mm. everyone is different some people want an absolutely clean cut challenge not a drop of alcohol touch because they did 90 days without a drop of booze. if that was the case then i have never done a year off alcohol Mm. okay because there were there were a sip here or a bit there the truth is i did two years alcohol free Mm. um uh, but i had a you know half a glass of of champagne at new year you know whatever it was it was just tiny pieces Mm. so um and and i think the way we've created the program is to say that look slip-ups are okay now, what does a slip-up mean? A slip-up means you next minute you found yourself halfway through a glass of wine and you were like, what the fuck am I doing? Mm. But no, put that away. Or you went and saw a mate you haven't seen for ages and you had a couple of pints, yep. right? That's a slip-up. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't feature. Carry on. Mm. If you do 90 days and you had a couple of slip-ups, who cares? It's a massive win yep. when you were drinking lots before. If you go out on an all-day bender and um, disappear, that's probably a reset. However, yep. If you sit there and say, I used to drink every day and I used to drink an absolute bucket load every single day and I came and did your challenge and I did 90 days but I only drank twice, mm. isn't that a massive win? Totally. So, so that's the that's the whole concept. The whole concept is that we've got to get away from this blame, this shame, uh, this finger-pointing, resetting stuff and we've just got to say, look, this is a journey of discovery. We're unlearning decades of peer pressure, marketing, social conditioning. That's a difficult process. I'm not, it's not going to be a straight line for me if I've been drinking a lot or if, mm-hmm. or if I feel like I'm a really heavy drinker. I might bounce off the walls a couple of times but I'm on this journey of self-discovery now.
0: Yeah, it's a cl- complete mindset change, isn't it? And uh, it, it becomes a way of life rather than, rather than, if, if you look at it like food, people go on diets and diets never work because yeah. it, it, it's a temporary thing and it, it's a similar thing to that. Um, So, I oh, oh, lost my train of thought Then I, I, I had a cracking sentence to go out I can't remember what it was. <laughs> Um, but yeah I think we're really, we're really good as human beings aren't we just looking for the negatives and things because when I've got yeah. people sort of in my office and I'm interviewing them or I'm talking to them if I ask them the question what's the worst day of your life they'll go the worst day of my life was and they go bang 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 and they tell me all about it but when you say what's, what's the best thing that's ever happened to you it's like oh God, um, let me have a think about that. They just can't do it. It's that similar sort of psychology, isn't
1: it? Yeah, it is. Um, I can tell you one of the best days of my life is about to come up um, because um, when I was 14 years old, I wrote a letter to Richard Branson. I said, I'm going to change the world one day and I'm looking forward to having lunch with Mm. you. That is not exactly the words, but that's about the sentiment. And uh, last Tuesday, I got an invite to join Richard Branson on Necker Island in April.
0: That's, uh, that's going to be a pretty
1: good day. <laughs> oh, yeah. So what's amazing is that, that that has not reignited because I always knew it, but I just want to put out there to everybody that anything is possible. And um, it's about focusing on it and having a real focus. And really, the most important thing is, and I teach this to my team all the time, is that it's like Yuri it's like Geller. Hmm. Yeah, there is no spoon. There are no walls. Do not put up boundaries to who you are, or who you can be, or what you can achieve. Hmm. You can do fucking anything, right? You can be anyone. You can do anything, Hmm. Um, and um, that's what's awesome about this world, this planet. Okay, so go, sorry, go. I was just going to say, it's a damn sight harder to do anything and be anything when you're numbing yourself on a regular basis. Oh, most definitely,
0: yeah. So if people want to um, look into One Year No Beer, where do they go? How do they find us? Google
1: One Year No Beer and you'll find us. Mm-hmm. Um, go to facebook.com forward slash One Year No Beer. Instagram, One Year No Beer. Um, Twitter, O-Y-N-B-U-K.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, just um, come and check it out. Um, you go to oneyearnobeer.com, and straight on the page there, you can come and take the challenge if you're ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um but, uh, the only thing I say to people is that even if you are drinking a low amount, I'm talking about three glasses of wine a week. Even yeah. if, you're a, if you're a light drinker, doing 90 days without the booze will probably change your life. Mm-hmm. And what if I'm right? What if it only takes 90 days to find out? Yeah. Wouldn't it be worth giving it a shot? So that's mm-hmm. why everyone should do it.
0: That's brilliant. Okay, so you've got the thirty, ninety, and three hundred sixty-five day challenge. Oh, sorry, 20, 28. 28, 365. That's Excellent. it. Okay, guys. Um Right, what I'll do is I'll stick a load of links in the uh, in the show notes as well, so people can go to that, and I'll stick it up on our Facebook page. It's been a, it's been a pleasure to have your time, mate. Thanks very much. Thank you. Um, Thanks Good for luck. Me on. Good luck with the movement because I think it's uh, it's uh, it's certainly a you know a really sort of positive uh, positive way for people to get out there and drink beer rather than like like we've said the, the
1: old sort of strategies which. Uh, which don't work all that well. <laughs> totally. Well, I really appreciate your support. I mean, it's amazing that you're do- you're you know having me on and sharing this message. So, thank you very much. That's
0: excellent. Um enjoy your trip to Necker Island and uh, Oh yeah. Uh, put a good word for me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that
0: right. will do. Cheers. Mate. Thanks. Thanks, soon. Thanks a lot. Cheers. So that is my interview with Rory Fairbairns. There, a really interesting take on um, controlling the booze and giving it up, or, or just controlling it. Uh, like I say, he's a really <laughs> he's a really enthusiastic guy. Um, if you head over to their website, or just search them on Facebook. Um, o-y-n-b or one year no beer uh, they will come up and uh, they've, they've always got sort of very special offers on on taking out their challenges and it's certainly worth uh, having a look at them if uh, controlling the booze or, or giving it up is something you want to do the facebook group is absolutely amazing um There are very few Facebook groups which um, are devoid of negativity. Mm -hmm. Uh, Obviously, Gone Tabbing is one of those. Um, But certainly, the OYNB Challenges group, which you you, uh, get access to once you've signed up for one of the challenges, is um, another really, really positive group. So, um, yeah. So, again, (laughs) it is really, really strange. And we've got, um, I honestly don't know how to describe it. Although we've got this illness and, and it's certainly devastating to the families that, that obviously it's affecting with, with its mortality. Um, there are so many positives coming out of the COVID-19 crisis. Um, the air is cleaner. Um, there's just less people out in the street. There's more community. There's people. There's, there hundreds of thousands of people are volunteering to um, to help the NHS. And I think my biggest fear, and I've alluded to this on one of my um, um, videos on on the AliCast Facebook page, is that when this is all over, that all the good that has come from this COVID nineteen crisis, the, the the sense of community, and even the fact that people who've never exercised before or 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 I've never run before are now getting out there and just taking that time to, to have half an hour or an hour a day to just get outdoors and do something and my real fear is that that all drifts off because i think there's so much good that is going to come out of this crisis and you know there's um you know i i talk a lot and, and i know um say so if you listen to some other podcasts you talk a lot about but sort of post-traumatic growth and i think this is certainly a situation that we can get a lot of growth from so If you've got people around you now, people on your Facebook um, page as your friends who have never done exercise before, this is the time to inspire them to get out on their own even if it's just in the back gardens, even if it's the Harris Challenge of doing uh, 100 flights of stairs, if it's doing 10 flights of stairs, let's inspire people now to do some exercise because one of the best things that is going to protect you from COVID-19 or from any illness in the future and let's face it you know the uh, diabetes and obesity is going to kill more people over the next few years than COVID-19 ever is we can inspire those people to just do a little bit more. Um, Earlier this year I uh, qualified as a um, England Athletics uh, leader in running fitness and, you know, it's something I'm certainly going to progress on. And you know, I've set up my own local running group, which obviously I have had to sort of put on hold. But I'm I'm still trying to get those guys out to do their one a day um, on the, uh, you, you know, outside on their own through that Facebook page. And we have got an amazing opportunity from our community to get people out there and doing more exercise, even if it's just putting some weight on the back. While they take the dog for a walk, so let's not waste this let's take as many positives as we can from this situation that we've we've all been thrust into uh, and inspire those around us to do that little bit more and If you can help anybody do that, you know if you can sign up to help the n h s that's great. If you can just help your next door neighbor, let's do it because this is the time now when we can we can really contribute to society and we can inspire others to contribute to society so um, stay safe everybody Um, I have got a really exciting podcast coming up next I'm not going to say what it is Well, as I've been recording the the intros and outros to this podcast, I've been texting a certain member of the Gone Tabbing community and I'm hoping that tomorrow um, we can get together and we can, uh, um, you know, via the miracles of Zoom or Skype, and we can record a really good and inspiring podcast. If I can, if I can work the technology I will also try and record a our uh, video version of that podcast as well, which we can get up on YouTube, uh, and then we can get onto the gun page. And I know you're going to enjoy that. So look, stay safe out there, and um, do what the government's saying. Social distancing is certainly the way forward because we need to protect the vulnerable in our society. And I think even myself in the early days of this illness, I was a little bit, um, I was a little bit laissez-faire about it. But you know. Um, the elderly or the sick are are the people that we can protect and look after now. And as Boris says, you know, we we can get through this and we can get this done. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today, and I'll see you all again soon. Always a little further.
1: We stand together, united as one. Forward on we go, facing friend and foe. We will know what it is. We have not time for that. If we make mistakes. We are lost.